great things about getting older, and let's not fade this all the way down. Let's go no ahead way. and just let this no ride way. low. Is having an appreciation for things that when you were young and angry and punk rock and interesting and dangerous and fun, that you'd have been like, fuck that old person shit. All of a sudden, it's a Sunday afternoon, right? And you've had a little Delta 8, and you're like, this is fucking rad. <laughs> and, and you hear something like Charlie Bird with Stan Gatz in the background. Like, I don't go for hard bop, like deep bebop jazz. Like, it's too crazy. It makes my head hurt. But something like this, I can listen to this kind of music all day. Now, I'd like to put in a little punk rock every now and then. A little singer-songwriter-ishness, a little weird experimental hip-hop, fine. But when people hear something like this, they're like, that's garbage, that's dentist office, that's elevator music. You're an idiot. And I hope you live long enough to wake up to the fact that you are an idiot. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It's the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 199. Today we're going to party like it's 199. There you go. You're not going to make me mad. I love it, actually. Well, Stan Getz, I mean, one of the greatest of all time, but Charlie Bird did stuff that was a little more commercial. He did do kind of elevator covers of them, but then worked with real jazz musicians and created this whole range of records throughout the 60s, well into the 70s, that are very, very listenable. And, I, you know, I work at a record store as one of my part-time jobs, and it's possible that I may have purchased a couple of Charlie Bird records yesterday mm. and really, truly enjoyed them last night. Well, I should have been paying attention to more important matters, but sometimes that's the way the world works. When you go uh, to work, does Colleen, your wife, does she does she treat it like a casino? Is she like, hey, are you up or down today? You, you're, <laughs> are you ahead or behind? Well, here's the deal. It's a part-time job, and cool, old-fashioned, you know, used records, new records are outrageously expensive. I mean, you're not getting into a cool new record for less than twenty nine ninety eight for a record, and that's why I kind of tend to go used, because I like a lot of new stuff, but... Yeah. You know, you go used records, you can easily get five, six, seven records for 30 bucks. And, you know, if you're Look smart. Look what I found, and right. it was only, is what you say. But yes, Look what yeah, I found. I think she's less concerned about the amount of money I'm spending than the amount of space these records are taking up. <laughs> we have long gotten into the overflow area where there's just not room to store all of them anymore. And I don't seem to stop bringing them home. You should see what's in the back of my vehicle right now. I'm afraid to bring them inside, also in the garage. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. We are here in the Smart Start MN studio. So before we go any further, let's go ahead and thank Smart Start MN, the primary and naming sponsor of the Brian Oak Show podcast. Without them, we are literally nothing. They got us off the ground. We can't thank them enough for their almost two full years of dedication to what we've done up until this point. It's crazy. It, it, they literally signed on before we even made one episode. And I'm not sure that we've gotten to a good episode yet, but we're still working on it. Maybe today, today is finally... Today is the day. I feel it. Today is finally that day. No pressure, no though, pressure. Jessica. No, no pressure. pressure. We just don't want to lose a sponsor, so please bring your A-game. <laughs> Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What do they do? They provide you with the means to get back into your vehicle once you've lost your license due to a DUI. I'm not talking about you. I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. You or someone adjacent to you, someone you know who identifies as you, uh, whatever the case. But I'm trying to let people off the hook, although the law will not. But Smart Start MN will help you get back to some semblance of a real life. Life, at least in the sense that you'll be able to drive sooner and for less money than you otherwise might expect. They will install technology in your car that lets you drive even before you've officially gotten your license back. 
technically. So you just need to make sure you find out all the details there are to know and get yourself 20% off the ignition interlock installation by going to smartstartmn.com slash Brian Oak Show. The Brian Oak Show. The Brian Oak Show. Correct. Makes me sound a little too self-important to say the Brian Oak. Although technically I am the (laughs) Brian Oak. Hey, since I've seen you last, there's been Halloween. Did you have a good Halloween? I did. All right. How about you? Fine. Uh, More importantly, and much more dramatically, there's also been an election, which a lot of people um, who live in Minneapolis had a lot of very strong opinions uh, about not only who our next mayor should be, but also there were three very, very divisive amendments on the ballot as well. Now, I'm not going to tell you how I voted, so I'm not going to ask you how you voted. I'm just going to ask you how you feel in the wake of the election. Other than... Fry's a cowardly jackass. Other than that part, how do you feel? And I didn't vote for him. Neither did uh, I. Yeah, but no matter what happens... But he's still the mayor. Yes, he is. No matter what happens... I reached need... out to him no less than a half dozen times to be on this podcast in the last two years. Coward. So you can't come on the podcast and you can't be here when our city burns. In over his head is what I said to my bride. Clearly. Um, but what I said is no matter what happens on these amendments and everything else, we have to have change. And I, I just tried to listen to what people that live in impoverished areas have said they want. Cause it's, it's not, it's not my deal. Uh, that's what I, it's kind of like me telling a woman what she should do with her body. I feel the same Ooh. way about like when, what do you think that she should do with her body? It depends on, our relationship. Okay, knock it off. <laughs> I, right, I'm right. sorry I said that out loud. You <laughs> were actually making a really important no, no, point, no, no, and I'm no, sorry. No, no, and, and that's what happened. I changed my mind based on listening to, and I'm from North Minneapolis originally, but I've been gone for a very long time. Right. And I listened to two community leaders debate and say, this is what we want. And really what they said is, we want police here. In fact, we want more police. We just don't want them to be bigots. You know, we want seems we, like an incredibly reasonable. So, so expectation. it was really a yes. And, you know, it was right. like, a hey, we want more police and we do want, you know, mental health care workers. And we do want drug rehab people that understand that somebody's actually having a psychotic drug, you know, right. withdrawal situation. And so that's the thing that was fucked up about the amendments, uh, especially number two. It was so poorly written. Well, and it's also that that yeah. was why I had the hardest time with that amendment Me more too. than any other, because. If I see a reasonable, well-drawn-up plan ahead of time, I'm willing to consider that sort of seismic change. Everyone's just like, well, it has to change. There has to be more. But unfortunately, that's not how government or administration of anything works. It has to be written in stone that this is what it's going to look like. And so these sort of amorphous good ideas that haven't really been completely thought out or hammered out, we can work towards those, but let's put that plan in place and then throw it out in front of people as opposed to just being like, vote this on Amendment 2 so that everyone does the right thing. Now, I did like it that the council has changed where uh, three more people of color are now on the city council, which I thought was great. The police union still has to change. You know, uh, it needs to continue to change because if you get how it all works... The union has so much to do with what's gone wrong. Correct. Uh, certainly with Mr. Kroll uh, and his involvement in what it was. So You know, we have a really wonderful person joining us on the show today. Yes. Jessica Paxton. And what I hate is that we've already alienated 90% of our listeners by talking about the police and about just how much. Within- 80% of our listeners? Man, I don't know, man. You and I both took the wrong tack on Amendment 2 compared to a lot of our listeners. Mm. Or did we? Or did 
But also, I know a lot of people who are listeners that are fry. Look, man, here's the weird thing about politics. So I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I also really want to talk about it. Uh, no, I really don't. It, it just, it, you know, it, it's extremely divisive and everyone has their ideas. But it is, it does matter how old you are, where you're from, mm-hmm. how much you've watched it all turn. I, I, you know, between where my daughter works and where we live, a gas station was literally first looted and then burned to the ground, right? And so I watched my city burn for days. Mm-hmm. So Fry can go fuck himself. Yeah. Coward. I, I, I don't care for him at all. Other people love him because he's something of, better the devil you know than the devil you don't, right? That's what a lot. I don't know. Is that a Catholic thing? It's a cliche that I can't stand. Well, yeah. but I mean, I understand <laughs> the value of what that what, what they're trying to say there. We all feel very differently and very strongly because this is a time of great flux, and no one knows what the hell the future is going to hold. Which is why we are thankfully going to spend the rest of the show talking about music. However, before we uh, introduce Jessica properly... She's leaving. She's pissed. No, oh, she's already us. packed up her stuff. She's the fuck out of here. Before we go, I do want to play a song that when I, when I woke up this morning, this was the song in my head. Not this morning, yesterday morning. The day after the election, I woke up and I thought about the words of this song. So without getting preachy, without getting luxury, I've always loved this song, although I don't necessarily love bands that sort of traffic in this style of pop music at all, but I've always loved this band Bastille very much. And if you listen to the words, so now that you're listening to a podcast, you can easily pull up the words on your phone or on your computer or whatever you're doing and read along. To me, this is what the day after an election in Minneapolis feels like. Here's music from Bastille on The Brian Oak Show.
on your thoughts bastille a song i've heard that song before and i it was a song that i didn't understand what they were saying for a long time but then i realized it was i'm gonna be an optimist how about am i gonna this. be how am i gonna oh, be an how optimist am i about gonna this? be an optimist he's okay. talking about you know i mean like pompeii is obviously a metaphor in the song right yeah but we stand here in this city that we love how am i gonna be an optimist about this because everything's fucked i mean you know that right yeah i mean but that's cool, right? I mean, luckily you just bought a new house in this community. That's Speaking true. of new houses, uh, our guest today recently moved a little closer to this vibrant metro that we call our own. A wee bit closer. A wee bit closer. But I mean, you've called... Uh, let's let's start at the beginning, shall we? Jessica Paxton is our guest today. And Jessica, we I reached out to originally, well, for a number of reasons. Most recently, because the Parkway Theater, one of the coolest and most vibrant sort of offbeat spots in South Minneapolis, is literally two doors north of where we sit right now in the Smart Start MN studio. And you take care of the talent buying and marketing for them. And it ranges, it goes all over the map. It's movies it's comedians it's musicians it's comfy couches in this beautiful old school building and it survived our covid apocalypse and so i'm really glad to see your face although you and i go back a little further than that we we'll talk do about indeed that shortly how are you today jessica i'm most fabulous Good. thanks so much for having me here gladly now it's a gorgeous autumn day right i mean this is about once you get into november you're like wow it's 55 degrees outside cool it's gonna be 60 this weekend yeah not entirely normal but also not like oh it's 85 degrees but we all know that at some point here the bottom is going to fall out right i mean but today a beautiful day and um i'm not really sure where to start let's go back a little ways where are you from oh my gosh uh like where i was born or where yeah. I, I i consider myself from minneapolis okay from minneapolis i was born in minneapolis i think the first house that we lived in was on Christmas Lake in Mound. Okay. That's fine. See, but so, I saved Minneapolis. I am, But see, I'm from Minneapolis. I was born in Portland, Oregon. I grew up in Coon Rapids until I was 18, but I've spent more than half my life in Minneapolis. Yeah. I'm from Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, and so my dad, when I was growing up, we always lived in sort of outer suburbs of the Twin Cities, but my dad worked in Minneapolis and we would say we're going in town because we would go in town to meet my dad for dinner or do it. So in town was going into Minneapolis. Right. So, so that was town. And like where'd you we, go? Like Shakey's? Where'd you go? <laughs> the the Jolly Troll. Okay. Uh, Shakey's for sure. Uh, do you remember Farrell's? Do I remember Farrell's with yeah. the giant bubble machine that yeah. you couldn't wait <laughs> for, for sure. it to come down? <laughs> exactly. Where the Lollapalooza began? Yeah. Oh my Indeed. God. Indeed. And we were actually not allowed to eat sugar 
or even have it in our house growing up. So when we got out were you or a, got to go to so were you my, a Mennonite? My mom, my mom and dad were actually super hippies, which is crazy to oh, think about now because but that makes they're more not sense now. No sugar. My mom is one of the founders of the Wedge Co-op back in the what? day. And when the Wedge first opened, I remember this. It literally was like the size of this room that we're in right now where this yeah. recording is taking place. Like that was the whole co-op. It was just these barrels of bulk food. Like lentils. But seriously. And <laughs> and no one no one would ever want to come to my house to eat because yeah. we ate weird food yeah. at my lunches in elementary school. Yeah. I'd be super embarrassed because I had like dry, dry peanut butter with no oil <laughs> on like pumpernickel bread. Oh. And I'd get a slim little dime for a carton of milk. And that water, was like, do water. I dare buy chocolate milk? You know, but anyway, what yeah, if someone we, sees me buying what, chocolate exactly, milk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, the point being, we, I, that's why I remember places like Farrell's or Bridgman's because it was like, Oh my God, we can go crazy. Chocolate factory. Uh, totally. To you. Oh really? my God, totally. So your mom helped found the wedge. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It, it's amazing, but also for everybody who goes to the wedge, which I support wholeheartedly. I love the idea of co ops. I love the idea of eating better and taking better care of your body. But if you were heading south on Lindale and you sit oh. there and block up the lane to take a left into the it's wedge the parking worst. lot, you're a fucking monster. Yeah. Okay. No, it, yeah. Go no, home and soak your lentils or drive up a block, turn around and come back and take a right-hand turn in there. Don't take a left-hand turn into that parking lot. Absolutely. It literally ruins, it ruins <laughs> central so uptown. It really does. <laughs> so after you grow up, um, obviously saturated with lentils and oh, kale. Oh, way too many and lentils and all that kind of stuff. You probably knew about kale before anybody else I had knew heard about it. all that stuff before any uh, lecithin carob i don't even know what you're talking about cod liver oil oh, carob is like a chocolate the, 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 analog, but it's right? not chocolate no, I know, it tastes like I know. dirt so yeah my mom would make like carob chip chip cookies sweetened with honey i'm actually one of the few people in the world that like i have a physical nauseous reaction to honey Really? Because that was like the only sweetener she allowed. I hate honey so much. I can't even smell like yeah. a honey really? handle. That's wild. I know. People are like, how can you hate honey? I've known I you hate- for so long, and this this whole part of who you are <laughs> is brand new, and I want to make the whole show about this, but we're not going to dwell on food the Food phobias. We're going to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, the whole the whole wedge part and the whole natural food thing, and basically, you know, having to wear a burlap sack dress oh, to Oh, for prom. sure. My dad had, like, <laughs> long hair and wore, like, turquoise jewelry. He was so rad. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he- Which is he, pretty cool oh, when yeah. you think about it, though. Well, I credit my dad for- my fear, my first musical experience which uh-huh. i remember sitting in the basement listening to iron butterfly with my dad wow and i i don't know i would have been in elementary school would you have had or not even of, like I even mean, no i just knew it was cool well, you and i cool, liked I mean, hanging out with my dad listening to music how many bong rips he did after oh, you I'm, went to bed <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. exactly at the time no <laughs> right but yeah no growing up my dad would play iron butterfly i mean obviously the beatles the bgs yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember like, I don't know, it was maybe in sixth or seventh or eighth grade. And I was, I had just bought my own album with right. my own money and my dad saying, Hey, what is this? That's kind of cool. And I suddenly felt so validated, right. like, Oh my God, I, I have reached a new level of, you know, and what was it? Uh, super tramp. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it? Breakfast in America? Breakfast in America. Okay. I yeah. Mean, 
Yeah. Bill, Billy Joel's Glass Houses is oh. the first record I ever bought with okay. my own money. So Super Tramp. Frankly, I'm not going to feel embarrassed about Super Tramp oh, if you're going to say Billy Joel. Uh, look, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, look, no, I didn't I know, know any better, right? <laughs> but my dad was the same thing. Like I grew up listening to his records: Cream, Hendrix, oh, very Beatles, cool. yeah. Beach Boys. I mean, and so like you know, finally getting that kind of validation. That's everything. Absolutely. So you Absolutely. get older and you go to school. Where do you go to school? Uh, I went for two years at St. Olaf College in Northfield. Which every single person on the planet, yeah, including I, my I, wife and everyone I know did. My my maiden name is Johnson. I think I was, I, I actually had never visited the school prior to applying. I think they let me in because I was a Johnson and then I showed up and <laughs> they're like, I'm not blonde and blue eyed. Who are say, you? You do not belong here. So yeah. Have, you don't I, have blue eyes? No. They're green. They're green. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, look, we keep the lights very low here it's in the Smart more. Start MN studio. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Jessica Johnson uh, goes to, in fact, when we first met, your I name was, was Jessica, Jessica Johnson. Johnson back exactly. Then. Exactly. So you go to school, and obviously media is going to be a part of what you do. Now, uh, you know, a, a, a more than decade long radio career is part of the story we're going to get to before we talk about the life you live now uh, affiliated with the uh, Parkway Theater. But when you and I first met, you worked at. Well, what a lot of us grew up knowing as Channel 2. Channel 2. Public television. Exactly. When you and I crossed paths over there, it was TPT2. Well, it was was actually originally TCPT. It wasn't even TPT yet. Because I remember when it turned, it became TPT. I was like, what is this, toilet paper TV? (laughs) Right, exactly. What is with this name change? Yeah, it was Twin Cities Public Television, a.k.a. Channel 2. How do you go from school to getting into media? How do you start working on TV? Oh, my gosh. short version, Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. I just always knew I'd work in communications of some sort. And I think, actually, I remember, I I have a degree in English. Got it. And I really wanted to be an editor at a publishing company in New York City. And New York, New York City, just because it seemed I like love bright New lights, York. big city. You I do, love New York, love New but York? I just, I had this like, I ideal of you know, I'd be very bookish, and I'd be walking the streets of Manhattan, smart, stylish, smart, stylish, well, fashionable, well employed, all exactly. that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, editors don't make any money. I don't know not. what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was my dream, and I was going to graduate school at the U of M, which is where my degree is from, because mm-hmm. I hated St. Olaf. Sorry, I just said that, but really I did. That's okay. Um, and Ooh, uh, yeah. I was in graduate school at the U, and it wasn't really a... I was working at the U. Um, we won't go into that, but it was not a good experience, and Channel 2 was hiring for a secretarial position. I just was like, I need out. Mm-hmm. I need a job. Right. I remember everyone saying to me... If you get hired as a secretary or administrative assistant, you're only you'll never branch out. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't care. And so I took the job and within six months I was working in the production team and ultimately became a producer at TPT. Doesn't it feel good? To show when, them when, wrong or well, to prove them wrong. I was going to put. Yeah, I was going to exactly. put it in much coarser language yeah. than you just did to, yeah. to tell the haters to go fuck themselves. Exactly. But exactly. I think, and that maybe that's too strong. But also knowing that you have a drive and a desire, right? So, like the thing that I've noticed about every successful person in my life, or a person who has found their way beyond the so-called limitations that everyone else calls into place, right? You have a dream, you have a belief, and you just show up every single day. You do really good work. You remain a decent communicator. You don't burn any bridges. You do the right thing, but you also have to be creative and good and empowered and impassioned. And, oh, shockingly, you were able to jump over hurdles that everyone's like, you'll be stuck there forever. No, it was amazing. And and we have a mutual friend, Carl Jacobs, yes, who, who, again, I start, you know, when I was first working at Channel 2, I had no production experience whatsoever. And... 
Carl saw something in me and we had become, you know, professional colleagues, friends. And I, he used to always say I was kind of this lump of clay that had some great ideas. And even though I didn't have the training or the background, I had the ability and I had the potential. And he saw that in me and gave me that opportunity. And the rest is history. Well, and so we're going to we're about to hear a song here because I hate going too long. Oh, yeah, hearing yeah, yeah. A song. No, no, that's you and okay. me both. But Carl, uh, his wife um, was Anne. and took care of my daughter. No way. From she was my daughter's daycare provider from the time she was I had an no infant. Idea. And then at kindergarten uh, and kicks him to the curb. She's like, I only want to take care of little kids. And. To this day, my 23-year-old daughter considers Anne her third parent. Oh, that's so lovely. It changed her freaking life to be in that particular household. So That's amazing. I haven't talked to Can- uh, Carl or Anne in a very, very long time. Well, we're thinking about you guys, yeah, Carl. We Anne. are. Yeah, well, again, Anne, if you... I don't know why Anne could ever be bothered to listen to this podcast, but in case it happens, or if you, you never know, know. Anne, <laughs> let her know that Abby still talks about her on the regular. That's Let's hear a song. We'll come back and talk more with Jessica Paxton. Um, this first one, Nick Gilder, which, by the way, we're almost 200 episodes into this podcast. What I love when I ask people to pick a song, I literally mean anything. There's no judgment here. There's no contest. What do you want to hear? What would you like to play and why? You're the first person in 199 episodes to pull Nick Gilder. I'm so proud of myself. I, you should be. I this is kind of one of those songs I'm super addicted to. I just anytime I hear it, I kind of got to shake my booty. It doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing. Wait a minute, is that going to happen right now? Well, it could possibly. <laughs> okay. uh, I might start gyrating right, in right. my seat. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> See 
a.k.a. the Jessica Paxton story. Hot child in the city because you just pulled the plug on a long time living down in Northfield. Yes, indeed. what you had to say about St. Olaf, somehow you found your way back there. It's crazy. And you it's spent crazy. more than a decade at KYMN Radio down there. Uh, yeah, so I lived in Northfield for just shy of 20 years, even though I called my two years at St. Olaf the worst two years of my life. Yeah, I did. then had to go back for two decades. Good call. Uh, Good and call. then they have a really awesome independent radio station in Northfield and uh, locally owned and... Because I love music, uh, when a friend of mine became the station owner, and I, I was, I probably bugged him for like six months, saying, "I want a radio show. I want a radio show. I want a radio show." And basically, what I wanted to do was just be able to indulge my love of music mm-hmm. and maybe have an hour Sunday nights at midnight and just come in and play music and put on the headphones and turn up the volume. For those people who have never done it, I mean, you know, you've done it a long time. I've done it a long time. Sean's done it a long time. There is something magic, even if there's no one else at the station and you have the sneaking suspicion that no one at all is fucking listening. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It's amazing to put the headphones on, grab records or CDs totally. or cassettes or carts off the wall and just get it. it there, it's, it's a magic unlike any it, I've ever absol- known. Absolutely. And I just wanted to indulge my love of music and also sort of justify my love of music, because I will admit as a female, a lot of times it's kind of a dude thing to sit around and talk about music and buy records and hang out at record stores when you're a woman and you become of a certain age and maybe you're a parent. You know, it's like, are you still going to concerts? Are you, do you still buy albums? You're still really into music, aren't you? That's so weird. It's like, really? It's what not the weird. Fuck? It's not weird no. at all. It's kind of who I am. But anyway, I'll tell you what, working in a record store that is patronized almost entirely by retired aged white gentlemen. Every time a woman comes in the store, I'm excited, not because I'm being a creeper, but I'm like, thank God that there are women who yeah, love music. That was that was me. That was me. But anyway, so he finally relented, the station owner, and his response was, you know what, Jessica, I do want you to be on air, but I want you to be my drive time DJ. So I had zero radio experience. Excellent. Um, I think the only people I knew in radio were you, Brian Oak, uh-huh. who had worked with me at uh, Twin Cities Public Television and also Mary Lucia, right. who had worked with me there. And you guys were both on uh, Rev 105 at the time. And anyway, I I remember like that first day on air watching the clock tick down and thinking, oh, my fucking God, what am I going to do with 30 seconds? Down? <laughs> you know, it got to the point where five <laughs> seconds, I got time to go to the bathroom. No, I can go get a coffee. Yeah. I got, It's amazing. But how yeah, I just learned by doing it. Yeah. So he te- another one like Carl Jacobs. Jeff Johnson down at KYMN Radio, or as I like to say, get lubed, KY Minnesota Radio. <laughs> um, he he saw something in me and took a chance, and I became the drive time DJ with no experience whatsoever. And not only the host, but like I didn't have a producer, so I had to do, do all, all the boards oh, yeah. and the all knobs yeah, and yeah. the everything. And uh, just wrapped up just shy of a thirteen year run. Uh, and it was Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. So that's four hours. I get it. Five days a week, 20 hours a week, spinning tunes, and here's listening the deal. to music. The, one of the things that I, that I know Sean will back me up. I know you'll back me up on this. A lot of people think like, oh, it must be really tough just sitting around playing music and talking on it's the radio. It's stressful. It is not digging tunnels. It no. is not saving cancer babies. If you don't think that it requires a very specific um, a type of skill set or an incredible amount of diligence, then you honestly don't have any idea what it's like. 
the whole thing about walking a mile in someone else's shoes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, try it sometime, and you'll be like, oh, I just sit around playing jams, talking about stuff cool. It's not like that. It's it's panic constantly. You're always looking at a clock. You're always arranging something. You're always grabbing something. You're always pre-recording something. And again, I'm not trying to say that it's suffering because it's my favorite thing I've ever done in my life, but it's real work. It is. It is indeed. And I think the thing for me, so the... I don't know about radio stations you've worked at, but there's usually a program that will pre-log music. And for me, each and every show, yes, it was already filled, but I came in and I made sure I like hand selected every single freaking song that played during those four hours, five days a week for 13 years. And people would say, wait a second, did you log your own show today? It's like I log my show every day. So did you have... And it's weird because it varies from market to market. It varies in market size. It varies depending on the nature and philosophy of the company you work for. Did you literally have full autonomy? Total, 100%. Like, which wow. also was crazy. You be- could play anything I could play you whatever. So here's the other thing. When I got hired, Jeff Johnson, the station owner, so they had kind of like a KLBB cocktail swing, kind of like what we heard at the beginning of today's show. Right. That kind of music. And so when he first said, yes, I'm going to put you on air and you're going to be my drive time DJ. And then there was a little bit of a pause and he said, but you can't play your own music. And I thought, yeah, I'll show him. And with it, and I just started bringing in my own music that kind of fit the genre. So I would play like Squirrel Nut Zippers or Combustible Edison or Southern Culture on the Skids. And he'd say, oh, I like that. What is that? And I was like, (laughs) and I would just start burning music into the system. And next thing you knew, we had like a whole new playlist and, you know, he he credits me for curating the music library at the station. See, but that's smart. Like, you don't. But it was amazing to work for someone who let me and, do that. And, but, well, that's great, too. I mean, you and have, that I could do that. A lot of stations, you can't. Boss, no, yeah. most stations, most stations you, can't. you can't. Even exactly. my three years at the current, about half of it was completely pre-programmed. We had some autonomy, sure. but nothing like that. But it, it speaks to your understanding of the nature of programming and the nature of the medium. You wouldn't want to come in and overnight turn it into nothing but German prog rock, no. right? I mean, like you have. Well, well I mean. <laughs> Yes and no, but you yeah, know what I mean. Like totally. these things are done in steps. I mean, because you'll alienate the audience. Exactly. And guess what? If the if the audience disappears, the station disappears. Before we continue our conversation with Jessica, who had a way more interesting weekend than Sean and I combined. Speaking of working for a living, Sean, in addition to doing this, you are also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. And I hear that things are moving in the right direction. They are. Um my wife asked today, she's like, is it a buyer's market now? I said, no, it's not a buyer's market. It is balancing out a little bit. The challenge is there's just still not much inventory. Uh, I have a. It is getting better, but we're not there yet. It's getting better. I think some people are kind of hitting the pause button right now. Uh, the holidays comes up, and especially this year being that people will be able to celebrate, at least a lot of people will be able to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that are putting things on hold. But right now, I'm planning for next year. A lot of what I'm doing is uh, meeting with people. I just met with friends of yours that we've I've been talking to for about a year. Uh, did, did I come up? What are you guys talking about? Are you talking behind my back? A little bit. But, okay. But uh, went and looked at her place and uh, the progress that she's made getting ready to sell next spring. She's got a, a one of her kids is graduating from high school, and that's very common. The kid gets out of school, time to move on and move to the place that we really want to live right. after that. So if you know somebody that's in the market to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. I also donate a portion of every sale to a local artist or musician. It was really cool when Jessica hung it up in Northfield, all the local musicians that commented on Facebook about your support of their music over the years. So that was really cool. 
you know, radio may not be the overwhelming, wild, crazy force that it once was in the music world, but when you get into a smaller or medium-sized market like a Northfield, the amount of impact that even getting played once or twice on the radio can Mm -hmm. have to somebody who's got a, a gig coming up that weekend or whatever, I mean, you must have had a proper and tangible impact on, over the course of 13 years, plenty of local artists. You know, I would like to think I I did. Um, I feel really, really fortunate that, especially with Minnesota talent, there's so many great musicians that I was fortunate to have at my disposal all this great music to spin. A lot of people over time said, oh, you, you play so much Minnesota music. You're such a big supporter of Minnesota music. I was like, I'm a big supporter of good music. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be from Minnesota. Um, but But that was, you know, again... I, I played my own music. I was able to get free CDs from a lot of Minnesota musicians. Uh-huh. If I liked it, I'd play it. I mean, that was my thing with radio is if I like the music, I'm going to play it. If I think it's going to translate well on air and I dig it, I want to share it with people. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to support so many great Minnesota musicians. But that's just also a testament to the talent that is in this community. You're good at this. Well done. That was really well put. I appreciate that, Jessica. Uh, over the course of the weekend, so I like to pride myself on digging Halloween a lot. I got friends. We've been having a Halloween party for more than 30 years. It's been consistent. Everyone takes it very seriously. There's no half-stepping around there. So I like to think my Halloween weekends are usually pretty interesting and pretty cool. And then I find out, due to your affiliation with the Parkway, again, just two doors north of where we are here at the Smart Start MN studio, that you spent the weekend tooling around literally with John Waters. It, it was crazy amazing. So Still the pencil-thin mustache. Oh, absolutely. And he is super dapper, dressed to the nines, and uh-huh. he's like Yves Saint Laurent and uh, Kenzo. And yeah, yeah he's super styling. Uh, so February 2020, right before the pandemic hit, we had John Waters for two, night at, two nights at the Parkway. And I remember what he had flown in from Sacramento, and, and there was kind of this rumor that there was this virus out on the west coast oh and he he was flying in from the west coast and should we be concerned and you know there was this the rumblings about this thing that was coming and i remember he came out on stage the first night wearing a medical mask and everybody just howled and he took it off and threw it in the audience and people just thought it was a big joke and then Mm. you know two weeks later everything shut down so fast forward here we are october 2021 and, of course, we had to have John Waters come back to the Parkway. And so he came back to do this Halloween show, a.k.a. Halloweener. Uh, and so this time around, like, I had met him in February 2020, and I got to hang out in his hotel room with him when he autographed books. But I didn't really have a lot of interaction with him. This time around, they were like, well, we need somebody to drive him to the theater, back to his hotel, to the theater again, back to the hotel, to the airport. I'm like, I'll do it. And I did. And he, it, it, you know, it was amazing. And actually, I took my 19 year old son along with me on every trip too, who's a big film aficionado. Right. So for him to be able to hang out and talk shop, talk film with John Waters, um, it was incredible. So we rode around town. I mean, he actually stayed at the Mall of America. He stayed at the Radisson Blue only because it was the only hotel. So here's John Waters. He has, his hotel room has to have a bathtub. Okay. And it has to have room service. Well, due to COVID, nobody does room service anymore. Oh. So I was like, Oh shit. The only hotel I could find was the Radisson Blue at the Mall of America. And I thought to myself, Oh God, he's not going to want to stay at a hotel at the Mall of America, but it was perfect hmm. because then on Saturday we went to see a matinee of, Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho. So to be able to see a new film 
uh, by a film director. Like I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. So to, and a big fan, obviously, of John Waters. And so to see a film by Edgar Wright with John Waters and to watch a movie with another filmmaker and sort of observe his reaction Crazy. he grunts a lot <laughs> he, he he would grunt like you know and you were like is that an approving yeah. grunt is that a disapproving grunt um and then the other thing i thought when it, when the movie was over so i sit through the credits because i yeah. feel like i've worked on film i've worked as a line producer on mm-hmm. a couple of feature films here in minnesota and um you want to see your name on the credits and you want to respect every single darn person who worked on that movie. So when the credits started to roll, I thought, uh, is he, well, of course he'll sit through the credits. He's a film director. No, he got like right. And I do. I'm out. Here. I'm out. Dude. You, I can't, I, and I said, I'm like, I can't believe you as a film director are not watching all the credits. Like, yeah, get me out of here. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go back to my room and take a nap. But what an amazing weekend! Oh, it was incredible. It was I mean, in, it was incredible. He's super nice. Um, I've always heard that. Yeah. Everything about him. So his, nice. His Christmas album that he curated is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, I want to get so him back for the Christmas show. Freaking weird. Yeah, but I mean, you go back to his earliest film work when he was still a long hair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At, I mean, like some of the most dangerous, dark, I don't even want to use the term avant-garde because I feel like avant-garde is too arty. His was brutalist. Oh, I, I mean, I, like so frontal and <laughs> but, and, and so totally. fearless that I, for people who haven't watched his earliest films, it, he now he seems like a well-respected gentleman, well, a member the of thing. the court, right? He's so he used refi- to be, yeah. He used he, to be so dangerous. He used to be so... Perverted yes. and weird, and people were afraid of him. They you know, have been. He, yeah, exactly. And now <laughs> he's such a gentleman. He's so refined. Right. He's on the cover of the October issue of Town and Country magazine. Of course he is. But exactly, right. exactly. But that's what I love about him is he gets the irony of that, uh-huh. and he loves riding that line. And so he sort of is able to ride both ends of the spectrum. Wait, I don't believe, for and a it's second amazing that that dark weird perversion of the early days is completely gone. Oh, it's still, yeah, it's still there. He just knows how to manage it better He now. knows how to market it. Exactly. He knows how to totally work it. God, what a smart Yeah, dude. no, so he's got amazing artwork. He's super well-read, but then at the same time, he's this really perverse, vulgar, <laughs> filthy prince of puke. But in the best Sultan possible of way. Yeah, oh. yeah, no, he's the best. That sounds fantastic. And super, super, super nice. We're going to talk more about what's coming up at the Parkway Theater just ahead, but first, it's time for more music. We've gone too long. Once again, I played a British band earlier, and now you're playing a British band. Indeed. Tell me. I'm kind of obsessed with idols. I don't know that much about them, I will admit. Uh, you know, recently came on my radar within the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never really been a huge fan of intense hardcore punk music, but there's something about this band and their music that totally speaks to me. And it made me think of that song, Bestil, that you're the band Bestil, that um, their idols music, the lyrics are so relevant and so timely. I have said, I wish I could have a little inspirational book that I could carry around in my back pocket that are the lyrics from these tunes. Uh, so I think idols, like if you, if you just listen to it without paying attention, you might be like, it's just loud noise. But if you really listen to what they're saying, it's so intelligent. It's so relevant and it's so uh, inspiring. I mean, it, it, a band like idols gives me hope. Dumb, dumb, not turning round to run. 
Okay, yeah, I'm 100% yeah, in yeah, that. No, That's I, off the new record? It's off Ultramano, which okay. came out in 2020. Okay. So it's their most, it's the album that they're currently touring in support of. They were at the Palace a month or so ago. Yeah, we don't bring up that place. Oh, sorry. Anymore. Yeah, oh, okay. sorry. Jesus I, I missed Christ, the memo. Jessica. There was no memo, and I'm just joking I knew I, I knew I'm I was going to slip up at totally some point. Totally stepped in it. Didn't take me long. That's okay. Yeah. No, I'm joking no. around entirely. Um, so I've heard of the band before, and I think I know two songs that I've heard of before. I've never heard that before. That was spectacular. It's amazing. That and was and really the video is really good, too. I, I could sit and listen to idols or we'll just watch idols videos yeah. on repeat all day long all right well as they, i mentioned to just, you you know i'm middle-aged white woman and i dig that damn band so again i think you might feel the same way although this might be the angry dad band version of that as i mentioned to you while we were listening to that sleaford mods a rap duo out of nottingham out of the uk that you can still hear the accent and there are these sort of repetitive beats but it's so smart and so clever yes. lyrically that you just you get caught up in it all right before we go any further because the parkway theater is really what i wanted to talk about and here we are almost 50 minutes in and we've barely brought it up other than you and your dalliances with Mr. Waters around town over the <laughs> exactly. course of the weekend. But before we get to what's up with the Skyway, where things are at and the, the fact, Parkway. 
What did I say? The Skyway. Oh. Dude. I was high above the busy little runway. I guess I One got way. confused. Sorry, I did mean the parkway. Look at now. Now, AKA we the parkway. Parkway. Oh, the parquet. I like that very much. Uh, we do have to mention Forgotten Star Brewing, the most recent sponsor for the Brian Oak Show. They are a distill, not a distillery, a brewery in Frickley. Yes. Yes. It's an important distinction. It really is. Yeah, kind of like not messing up Parkway for Skyway. That's it. It's late in the day for you. It's late in life for me, man. <laughs> All right. I'm looking for a nice, comfortable, mossy-covered spot to lay down with the autumn leaves and just call it. But Forgotten Star Brewing, <laughs> they are young and vibrant and fresh, and they've got a lot of cool stuff on the way. Big comedy festival. You and I are going to have a show there coming up in the not too distant future our acoustic side project well no 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 that's still we got a ways to go on that that needs a little more rehearsal if i'm honest uh no it'll be a celebration of all of our patreon members and the two-year anniversary of the brian oak show which is really hard to imagine in the meantime though don't wait for all of that to get finalized go see our friends at forgotten star they do good work they make basic real decent classical beers as opposed to your art beers yeah you know what i mean (laughs) Beers. Even when I drank, I didn't like the art beers. Well, I just, you know, like, oh, this one's 30%. And then there was the name of some root, probably, that Jessica's parents imported into the <laughs> exactly. country when they were working at the Wedge back in the day. I, nobody wants that, Lentils. right? Yeah, oh, lentil. A lentil beer. I wonder if we could work uh, on that. Cleanse that, the palate, that please. That does sound good. And the colon. But they, yeah. they, don't, they don't do that kind of stuff there. They, they have a good quality product. They're super nice people. They pride themselves on customer service. Dog friendly, indoors and out. ForgottenStarBrewing.com if you'd like to know precisely how to get there and what they're up to. What we're up to here is talking to Jessica Paxton. Now, Jessica, in today's age, you turned your back on a bright, shining career in Northfield Radio. I know. I know. What was I thinking? Well, you know, I will admit it, it was it was hard to leave and also not so hard to leave. When it's time to go, it's when time, it's time, to, time go. to go. You just know. And who knows? I could still be on another airwave somewhere else uh, at a future point in time. But right. Leaving Northfield, I felt like um, it just—it just didn't make sense for me to be on air there anymore. And there's a lot of people, including my boss, who was like, "No, you're not—you're not gonna like this." They were like, "You know, you don't leave a radio position unless you're shown the door." <laughs> oh, I've been told that a couple times. <laughs> so the fact that it was like, "Wait, you're actually choosing to leave? You're you're retiring your mic because and there are so many to, people yeah. who are desperate for that one yeah. seat that you're sitting in regardless of what it pays regardless of the music and it playing. does not pay well agreed <laughs> i trust me my entire adult life i've been aware you know, of that you know what i know it yeah. doesn't pay shit. it's a super sexy job but, but it's it fun. doesn't yeah exactly but the number of people who want to do that for a living and sean's done it too yeah but so no if you voluntarily leave they're like yeah, people. Who the fuck do you yeah, think you are? Seriously, there who was, do you think you are? There was a lot of that, and uh-huh. it was also interesting how quickly people were like, they could fill my shoes. Oh yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, uh-uh. oh, they think they, they can fill your. They can, yeah, you, exactly. You're I don't have think to they watch get someone it. else's growing pains. You're yeah. gonna have to watch someone else mature into the position. That's not happening in the next six weeks. That's no. happening over the course of years. But exactly. If it ever comes at all. If that, yeah, exactly. And so good luck, also, Rand. Good luck trying to fill Jessica Paxson's shoes. Yo, 
Exactly. Indeed. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now you're at the Parkway, right up the street from us here. And the Parkway, you know, it's gone through, I know, over the years. Well, for a while, it sat empty for quite mm-hmm, some time. Mm-hmm. And then it came back under, I think it's been under, a, a, like, some different ownership in the last few years. Since yeah? uh, September 2018, it okay. reopened yeah. under new ownership. And uh, the owners are Ward Johnson and Eddie Landenberger. Who apparently are extremely committed to the mission. They're super into the neighborhood. Uh, Ward, a little bit of a disclaimer, Ward is my baby brother. I'm sorry? Yes. So uh, I work for my brother. I well, that, Crazy. I, I'm the oldest. I, he's the youngest. I got nothing against he's nepotism. I don't know that I knew that. Yeah. Huh. I, I had, yeah. So, Ward, so Ward and Eddie live in the neighborhood, uh, have homes and families in the neighborhood. Uh, I don't know about Eddie, but I know Ward and his wife uh, used to go to Pepito's all the time. And he, hold, they, hold on he a proposed. Hold on a second. What's, what's Ward's last name? Johnson. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Land of ten thousand. Please, please. Uh, but anyway, uh, so so when the theater at Pepito's next door, Pepito's next door. Wow. So when when the Parkway, you know, was kind of on the decline and it was on the market, Ward and Eddie had a little bit of ching that they wanted to invest in a business in Minneapolis, and voila! And so they, I remember when Ward first called me and said he was going to be buying a theater, and he's really a big film guy, so for him right. it was all about the movies. Uh-huh. But I remember when he said he was going to buy the Parkway, I was like, yeah, right, as if. But and then I said, well, if you do, I'll help book music. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they did this massive renovation and they opened up, and uh, Ward basically came to me because when i was living in northfield and doing the radio show um i was also booking a lot of music because again it's all about me and so i could get musicians to come play in northfield then i don't have to drive to minneapolis so i was booking a lot of shows down in northfield and mm-hmm. so i got to know a lot of minnesota musicians so ward was basically contented cow and, contented cow and uh the tavern lounge and reunion and the grand and all sorts of venues down there anyway right. Uh, so Ward basically was like, I will you book us Jeremy Messersmith at the Parkway? And I was like, no problem. <laughs> uh, and it was like the first sold out show at the Parkway. And so yeah. very quickly, it was like I was helping on the side. Uh-huh. And then within you know a matter of months, I was helping on the side so much that it was basically a full time job. Right. So I've been the full time booker at the Parkway since... Uh, December 2019, maybe? Which is great. Now, but yeah. The, the interesting thing, and that's really very close to the time we started doing this podcast. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, starting a new job, starting a new business, starting a new podcast at the dawn of a global pandemic. Yeah. Terrible idea. Not totally recommended. Bad, yeah. Now, and so your brother and his friend uh, or his business colleague, uh, whatever the case may be. They're bros. Even in, <laughs> which is cool, bros of Stalin. Yeah. Uh, but even under the best of, of societal and cultural circumstances, the margins cannot be very high. No, on not a, at on all. On a vintage old school theater. And then the pandemic hits. And obviously, aside from the routinely entertaining marquee signs that they yeah. were put Who up. Who does those? Absolutely. That's what I want That's my know. brother. That's, that's Ward. Brother. Brilliant. Ward. Yeah. I, I did so occasionally. I, I had a good one. But yeah. yeah. No, that's Ward. He's seriously funny. Very funny. He's not but, a nice person, but he's very funny. Okay, that, Sorry. That sounds like somebody I, I, I want on I only say that because now that I work with them, yeah. you get to know your family members oh. in a totally different way. Yeah, no, time apart makes time together yeah, more yeah, special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I but get no, that. he's really funny. But to help the Parkway stay alive, I mean, I did my one little part where I bought a t-shirt online from the merch department. Thank you very much. That had all, some of the greatest yeah. of the of the marquee things on the back of it. You know what I mean? But this, so I know that that helped them survive, but a place that already has a relatively thin margin, the fact that they 
survive more than a year of total shutdown. Yeah, it, no one walking through those doors. The number of places I know of that that shuttered permanently forever. Well, I mean, El Burrito, which was well, used yeah. to be Pepito's yeah. gone, and now I know something new is moving in there. But um, it's it's miraculous to me. How did they just stay open? Did they just smile and nod and no, bite it? No, we, uh, and it was really hard, and thank you for acknowledging that, because, uh, you know, we now have this organization, the Minnesota Independent Venue Association, and people don't realize. People think, oh, you're having these artists like John Waters coming through. You're breaking in all this money. You're making all this money off drink sales and no it's a very thin margin you hardly make any money as ward says uh the the parkway is not a non-profit it's a not profit right <laughs> you know i mean that's exactly. you know it's it's so you know those guys don't pull a salary they they do it purely because they love this neighborhood and they love arts and inter- entertainment like well, and thank you know god sean and i yeah. sean and i during the course of all the pandemic but really throughout our adult lives have talked about the reason we live here and the reason that we kept advocating for people to buy gift cards mm-hmm. buy t-shirts mm-hmm. do anything to support these businesses that were not having a regular revenue stream we love living here and there are important artifacts and locations and experiences and a theater like the parkway that does such a wide variety from comedy to music to incredible films to John fucking Waters hanging out there for a couple nights. Minneapolis is less every time one of those places closes its Absolutely. doors. Whether it's an independent restaurant, comic book shop, I don't care what it is, we become less of what makes this such an amazing place to be. I'm very, very happy. And the Parkway has been, especially since things have reopened, the number of artists that you have co- have coming through, you know, multi-night performances from Lissy, who is one of the mm-hmm. greatest on mm-hmm. the planet. But it continues to go and go. And I know that we're kind of like teetering on the borderland of, I don't know, are we going to go back into lockdown? It's a little terrifying. Absolutely. We're not out of the clear. And, you know, so we officially, so I will say, so between like September 2018 and then, you know, March 2020, when we had to shut down, it was 18 months that we were open and we were voted best music venue in the Twin Cities by City Pages. And we were like, look what we've created Mm -hmm. in 18 months. And we were doing eclectic programming and really proud of ourselves. And then we had to shut down for 18 months and it was like, holy Mm. shit. So, to, you know, we did rentals. Uh, we all took a salary cut. Uh, we did the T-shirts and the gift cards and the whatnot. And we barely eked by. And now we're open again. We've been open since September. Um, but it's scary. You know, capacity, I should say, attendance is not at 100%. There's course. a lot of concern and fear. I will say the Parkway does a great job with COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really, you know, we we try to be sensitive to the requests of the artists and to the audience members. Uh, but it's still, it's scary. Like on one hand, it's exciting because you're open and you're doing cool stuff and you're bringing in people like John Waters and Lissy and Mason Jennings and Josh Ritter. And, you know, but at the same time, it's like you feel like the plug can be pulled at any time. So for me as a talent buyer, like I'm booking shows three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, Hoping because now I've experienced this thing where you book a show and then you have to cancel it and then Ugh. you book and then you have to mm. reschedule and cancel again. And then, you know, and so do I want to go back to that? No way. It was a total nightmare. But at the same time, that's our new reality. But at the same time, you don't want to die of a no. disease. No. Or, or have all of your customers die of a disease. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, because these are the people who are paying the bills. No, I think that makes perfect sense. So optimistically speaking, you continue to book and move forward as best you can hoping that we do the right thing. Exactly. That things move in the right direction. Music continues. Comedy will continue. The wide variety. We need variety these of, things. 48th in Chicago is a very vibrant, dynamic, 
corner. You know, Minneapolis is weird in that way. And you drive by a certain corner and things are boarded up or it just looks desolate. And then you drive by a different corner where even a few years ago, you'd be like, "Ooh, not that place. And now the number of restaurants that are in the area, the coffee shop, the parkway, the Smart Start this MN is an studio. Office. It, this is a totally awesome neighborhood it's an incredible neighborhood and i mean again a block and a half north of the parkway which is always an amazing place to be we live in and work here in a very vibrant neighborhood and the parkway is a crucial portion of that i'm not sure what their plan is so you're literally two doors north of where we are right now in the smart Uh, studio what they're working on a new restaurant between us what's it isn't it creekside so so the restaurant space is actually also owned by the parkway oh it is so it used to be that the parkway leased the space Mm -hmm. to El Burrito, Minneapolis. Ah. In this instance, Ward and Eddie and a a third partner are opening a restaurant. So the Parkway will actually own... I notice how I laugh when I say that. Um, so the Parkway is getting into the restaurant business. Get more plates spinning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wisconsin style supper Wisconsin style supper club. I can't freaking wait for this place to. Yeah, open so up. at a minimum, it better be like Manhattan's with bourbon. Okay, it's that like, part's yeah. fine. But I mean, yeah. are we talking relish trays? Yeah. Relish tray. Oh, bit? the total. Yeah, yep. the relish tray yes. for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's Wardenetti and then a third actual restaurant tour investor i think it's the guy that owns coalition and excelsior and another restaurant uh so it's gonna be amazing food but but definitely that like old-timey uh Everybody feels comfort, you know, great food, great comfort food, uh-huh. but not trying to be super highbrow or anything. Amen you know, it's that. just no, come in, have a great meal, have a great cocktail, yeah. enjoy those. Is there anything better than a relish tray? And they better have the black olives. No. I'm like really into the black That's olives on the relish tray. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Being that it's Wisconsin style supper club. Do we have to start growing the mullets? Well, ape drapes. As yes, I like to call yes, them, yes. yeah. Uh, the Kentucky, well, the Kentucky waterfall, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. That the, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Bring on the flannel, okay, and the eight like grapes. But you know, I'm not yeah. but see, I like that where it's like it's nice, but it's not stuffy, exactly. and it's also the food's really good. But again, much like we were talking about before with yeah. the beer, it's not over arted. There are totally there's no yeah. extruded cucumber it's a great foam. Idea for no, the location. no, they're not going to try. It's perfect. To, yeah, no, and it's so really it, amazing. Will it tie in with the Skyway, like um, the Parkway? parkway. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Will it tie in with the parkway in the way that Pepitos used to, where occasionally you'd go through and there'd be a buffet? Yeah. Or you could have I, drinks I, you know, in there. That's a good question. Um, I Probably not, but okay. I do know like the parkway is okay. You can bring food into the parkway. So, really? you know, oh, yeah, we let people bring in food. I don't all know the time. that at all. Will there yeah. be an arcade? Um, well, the arcade <laughs> is in the theater. I know, so, that's true. That's but yeah, true. I would love for them to turn part of that restaurant space into more of a intimate performance space, or the yeah. restaurant space into more of an intimate, like what Pepito's used to do, mm-hmm. where they had sort of a small stage in yep. there too. So anyway, the point is the whole footprint of that building is owned by the parkway. So the sky's the limit in it terms of what really they can soon, do. Right? Isn't it coming up? Well, in a few weeks, um, I think they were hoping to do a soft opening in mid-November. We're now what November fourth. We are. Yeah, uh, maybe. You yeah, know what? I'm um, actually more concerned about before we bid a fond farewell to our guest today, Jessica Paxton. So first, they start with the Parkway. That's not enough. They buy the restaurant next to it. We're literally in the building next to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think they could buy us out? Matter of time until Jessica starts walking know. up and down the hall like, dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. How would you replicate this Rent's magic due. that we've created in this room? Let's do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and you guys are landlord. in here trying to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, keep it down in Pretend, there. Turn off the lights. Exactly. Pretend we're not here. <laughs> I'll be like, what, boys, what's that smell in when there? When we're in the doghouse, <laughs> this is the doghouse.
No, it's... <laughs> oh, this is the treehouse. we got to wrap things up, unfortunately. We've been talking for a very long time. Jessica, it's very good to see you again. You oh, and I go God. back a long, you, long You and way. I do go way back, and it's totally awesome to see you again. And it's been really fun to be out on Chicago Avenue mm-hmm. at the Parkway, stepping outside, looking down the block and going, oh, my God, it's Brian Oak. Yeah, oh, I may, what about me? Going, oh, my God. The... No less than two weeks ago, I was out there having a cigarette afterwards. I'm like, all right, let's wrap it up. I'll go home. And who did I see sitting in his minivan except for Mark Malman? Yep. And oh, yeah. he's been a guest on here a couple of times. He called me over. We caught up a little bit. He gave me a I think of- I blew him off. I was supposed to meet yeah. him. And I, uh, no, you yeah. did. And yeah. so I, um, uh, I got a copy of his latest vinyl. I'm like, well, what are you up to? He's like, I'm just waiting to meet Jessica. And I'm like, Jessica Pax? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, we talked all about it. And he just said you and were And then I was a no-show. I didn't know you were hmm. a complete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what could you do? I was, yeah. It's, I try. Mark's I try. A, Mark's a very forgiving individual. He's a very nice guy. I'm sure that he's already moved past it or. He's written a new song. Well, about yeah, him. exactly. Uh-oh. I'm Uh-oh. a chapter in his next book. Jessica the Jerk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we have to at least plug the Parkway's website because we Please. do have lots of awesome programming coming up comedy, live music, yeah, yeah. theater, dance, classic films, uh, theparkwaytheater.com. Like, the Brian Oak Show.com. It is the Parkway Theater. So did you buy up the Parkway Did you try theater. to buy up notskyway.com? Yeah, we should. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> or the buy Parkway up theater.com. Just buy up skyway.com and have it redirect. <laughs> the Parkway Theater. Now, do you spell it with the silly English spelling? It's the spelling? E-R. It's, E-R. yeah. We're, right. we're American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, theparkwaytheater.com, and people should stay informed, and they should stay on top of it, because a lot of cool stuff comes up, and again, it's a lovely, wonderful venue to see music in, but it will sell out quickly. Like, you get a Lissy in there, and yeah. you're going to sell out, and it's, so it's a great people space. need to stay on top of it, absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's an amazing room. The capacity is 365. There's no bad seat. Right. It's an opportunity to see your favorite artist in a super intimate, amazing setting. Great sound. Uh, we had Terrence Blanchard last night, who's only played like L.A., New York, Chicago. Uh, it was 11 musicians on the stage. It People were in tears. It was amazing. I mean, this guy just opened the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. Mm. So we get some really high profile, big deal artists in this super cool neighborhood theater in south minneapolis i would say that it's fair to say there's not another venue exactly like it anywhere in the twin cities um and it's really good and also you are supporting a local mom and pop place or in this case brother and sister and indeed brother's bro place there's 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 lots of family yeah well we're all family that's fine a little nepotism never hurt anybody as long as they're doing the right We johnson's gotta stick together (laughs) how many of you are there it's a conspiracy. I like I said, Uh-oh. land of ten thousand. It's it's an Illuminati kind of thing, indeed, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Uh Jessica, thank you. And as we move thank forward you as well. and as you things, too, Sean. Yeah, thank you. That as, was as things stay open and things continue to expand, um, when you have great guests coming in or if your brother, if he's in a good mood, maybe he could come by someday. I mean you let you've already I'll, warned I'll try. Me. I'll yeah. work it. All right, we'll see how that goes. Tell me about this last song before we call it a day. Uh, spinning away, John Cale and Brian Eno. So, uh, I, so I know we've played idols and Nick Gilder. Uh, I, I'm kind of a sucker for what I like to call jangle pop, like a classic pop tune. Uh, the chord progression, the really pretty kind of tugs at your heartstring, uh, music. There's something about this particular song that I feel like I could listen to it again and again and again and again. And every time I hear it, I go from both feeling really sad to really happy in the course of the same music. I just think it's gorgeous and I love this tune and here they are spinning away. Plus I kind of feel like I'm sort of spinning away 
in general on a daily can basis. We, can we so not end on that kind of note right there? I was going to say we're gonna we're gonna end on the note that let's keep on partying like it's one hundred and ninety nine. Exactly. All right.